Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, this is Keith Jones, the new president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. gentlemen welcome into snow the goalie the only flyers podcast the people's podcast players podcast prognosticators podcast presidential podcast the only flyers podcast it's very bright and early the people who are joining us live on youtube and facebook and twitter can attest to the fact that it is now 6 18 a.m eastern and we are here unannounced doing a show and people are watching because we have wonderful wonderful listeners who we love and appreciate very much um i'm russ joy on twitter at joy on broad bundy is out doing ice wars 3 which we'll be talking about a little bit later doing color commentary. So he's out in Wyoming. Joining me today is the man, the myth, the legend, the man who I care tremendously about. Anthony Sanfilippo, find him on Twitter, at Philly. How are you doing, you beaut? It's, you know, it's it's my fault that we are up at 6.18 in the morning doing this, this podcast because uh, my day today is absolutely insane. There, there It includes also doing uh, the Phillies podcast, uh, teaching a class, uh, doing my other uh, marketing job. Um, I actually have a meeting with the CEO of the company uh, right after lunch uh, and then hopping in my car straight from there and going down to cover the Phillies first game back from the all-star break tonight. So uh, yeah, this will be one of those 16 hour days probably for me. Uh, and there's no better way Russ uh, than to start it off uh, at, the, at the, at the crack of dawn before the sun is even officially up with your smiling grill shining through. So good to see you this morning. What soft light through yonder window breaks. It is the east and Ensign Philly is the sun. My <laughs> headphones died. So hopefully we won't have noise uh, echoing issues. By the way, we'll dive into this really quick. I know that we didn't intend on taking uh, any questions, comments, or concerns because we didn't think anybody was going to be here. And yet we are wrong because our, our listeners are awesome. Uh, flying lawn chair on Twitter or on uh, on YouTube says it's too damn early for this. Uh, T from the 203 asks what will have a better rating, Snow the Goalie or the 97.5 Morning Show, 610-622. And then tells me that he'll bring me a Cuban coffee next time. Let me know. He's down in Florida, but I'll, I'll take a Cuban coffee from Little Havana. Listen, if we ever go down, by the way, if we ever go to south to uh, southern Florida, and we, we nudge, nudge, uh, we're going to have to meet up with Trevor. And um, he's going to have to show us the places to go. We got crushed in, saying rise and shine. Good morning. And uh, oh, look at that. Trevor's at the gym before he has to work middays at 560 WQAM. So he's ready for some hockey talk. Allison wants an update really quick on the air conditioning. It got fixed the day that we did the show. Company came out, a company that I've trusted, the one that I actually wanted to come out in the first place. They did it at a very affordable price. I would recommend them. I think they should sponsor the show. That That is neither here nor there. But they did it at a very affordable price, and it was greatly appreciated. Um, Barb Bauer says, I didn't really think you guys were on. We sure are, Barb. 
We are here. We are excited. There's Flyers hockey to talk about. We also have to talk about what's coming next weekend. And yeah, again, we can't we can't spoil the surprise entirely. I think maybe now we can do the tease. Yeah, we'll yeah, do the tease now, and, sure. then, and then we'll get into the the pressing topics um, this this uh, this week. So before we do anything else, let's let's go to a tease of what's to come. Here we go. Guys, this isn't where we normally are. We're not at home, we're together. This doesn't happen very often. And we're at Adrian in Wells Fargo Center. There are one, two, three, four mics, beautiful lighting, and a full video team here, which means one thing. Arguably the biggest week in the history of Snow the Goalie is about to begin. Guys, uh, what, should I, we, what should we let the people know? We can't tell them I, everything. I feel like I'm home again here. You know, like I, I spent, I, I know I play more games for defense for this team in this building than anybody. And uh, it's great to be back in this restaurant with my two great partners in this venture. That's it? You're just like a... It's not Adrian's, it's Adrian! Adrian! I'm just agreeable. (laughs) That's right. And San Philly, Bundy, Russ. We'll talk to you soon. The Only Flyers Podcast. So that's our hint. It's not a great hint, but it it is and it was a great day. And it was a fantastic interview. I think it exceeded expectations. We're going to drop it on Monday. It's going to yep. be, we're, we're going to do a live episode on Monday and we'll kind of do what we normally do. We'll kind of lead into it. Then we'll have reaction on the back end of it. But if you're a snow, the goalie listener, it is something that you are going to want to listen to. If you know people who are flyers fans, who don't typically check out podcasts or don't typically check out YouTube, get them set up. We'll promote it all weekend. We'll have the live show, the link and everything set up. But I can tell you, I can promise you now, it'll be absolutely worth watching, worth listening to. And there's a ton of newsworthy stuff that came out of that interview that I I will just say, if there are outlets in this city who are covering certain topics and they don't use some of what we talked about in that, then they're doing their readerships a disservice because there are some very, very noteworthy things. That I yeah, and, and then we should, rattle, I should point out. pages. I, I should point out, Russ, just so people know. I mean, you, you mentioned the production, full production team, which we had um, mm-hmm. multiple cameras, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the people are going to sit there and say, well, why the heck did it sound so thin? That actual little promo was just recorded by one of the production members on their iPhone um, because the cameras were not rolling just yet. So, uh, but I can assure you the quality of the, of the actual video will be top-notch professional quality it's just that was just a quick little video promo from an iphone so yeah uh, that's, that, why, that's a very thin. yeah yeah that's a critical distinction uh we did have one person who is kind of overseeing the project text us last night sent us a screenshot of uh of me you bundy and and the guest and just said uh it looks and sounds great so yeah. we're very excited it was really really cool that'll be monday um, but we have other things we need to dive into here. And by the way, P. Rendell on YouTube says, Morning, boys. Serious dedication on your end. Pleasant surprise. And glad I had my notifications set. P. Rendell right there. You can tell that P. Rendell not only is subscribed to Are you sure it's Rendell and not Rendy? Oh, is it? Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm seeing a fake L. Yeah, Rendy. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, that P. Rendy is, uh, you know, not only subscribed youtube.com slash at snow the goalie but also has those notifications set. hit that bell ring the bell baby ding 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 ring the bell and uh you'll never miss an episode when it goes live q dell 
new mythical podcaster unlocked, Bald Anthony. Ant shaved his head. And boy, did his family have some thoughts. <laughs> That's right, Ross. You were over for dinner and you heard what the family thought about uh, about the idea. Look, I do this pretty regularly. It's not like a, this is not like this is brand new, right? This is probably the 10th time that I've done this, right? Whatever. So um, it, it, it grows back. It's just, you know, summer. It's hot out. Don't feel like dealing with it. I'm balding on the top anyway. I mean, I got that little, you know, spot up at the top. So why try oh, and hide it? Just let get it, you some know, hair plugs. Let it go. Get some, get some hair plugs. Yeah. Uh, Jen Callister says, good morning, guys. Good morning. morning. Uh, Rory says, it's 322 a.m. on the West Coast. Oh, no, Rory must have gotten the notification. I'm sorry to anybody we woke up on the West Coast. Well, wait, did he wake up or has he not gone to bed yet? Oh, fair point. Good question. Rory will have to let us know. And also says that you're casting for the Godfather. David Castleman says, I prefer the afternoon drive time, but uh, I, and I get up at 5 a.m. every day. Well, don't forget, that's the beauty of the live show and it going up on YouTube and going in the podcast feed. You can listen whenever you want. Um, all right, let's see. This is really cool. And before we get into it, David Castleman says, loving my Snow the Goalie merch. Nice. Don't forget, shop.snowthegoalie.com for all of your merch needs. Folks, it is a uh, it's a great day to go over to shop.snowthegoalie.com and find some shirts, some hoodies, some mugs. Um, I believe every order, except for there are some people who ordered things. We've had orders every day uh, of varying quantities and everything, but we uh, have, I believe, everything on our side says fulfilled. So it's either en route, in transit, or it's already been delivered. Feel free to send us a, a picture on Facebook or on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Tag us. Uh, show off your Snow the Goalie merch. A big thank you, as always, to the people who uh, who bought something from the store. I, I, will, I will say this just on. I mean, usually I let you be the hype man, but we opened that store on the 4th of July, right? And mm -hmm. people already had their stuff. That surprised even me. Like, I yeah. thought it would be a little bit longer for, for stuff to... Uh, to come to come in but i mean it's coming in pretty quick so yeah and and we're pretty thrilled about that so uh Q, you know q dell he could be q dell i could be q ball <laughs> all right let's dive into this and and you know there's actually a thing here that we hadn't even intended on talking about and i think we can do a kind of cursory passover on this one yeah and q dell asks why is the media being so rough on mishkov lately it's pretty absurd for those who are not aware there was a clip that was going around and it was put out by one of the Montreal Canadiens uh, fan groups. Remember, there was the one fan group where they showed the, the, the person, the guy who had a credential who was like F-bombing the, the, the Habs after the Flyers drafted Mishkov. And then uh, that video got taken down. There were questions about if that credential was going to get revoked or whatever. And we kind of talked about there, there could be issues with things like that. Well, here's, here's a real uh, issue, I guess. This fan account, this Habs fan account, put out a clip from uh, Spit and Chicklets in which uh, it was Biz, right? Biz was the one who was kind of saying some stuff about Mishkov, about how uh, coaches or, or teammates or whatever had issues with him, had issues with the way that he talked to teammates, him kicking a teammate allegedly. Um, and and they, they kind of alluded to the idea that, like, the reason that Mishkov was passed up on by six teams was all character issues and it was all 
And like, that was why none of these teams drafted him. Now we, we happen to know, and we happen to have talked to some people in recent days who uh, spoke positively to uh, Mavimishkov's character. But um, are you surprised that that kind of clip went around? By the way, allegedly, no, I don't, I don't listen to spin and check lists, but uh, allegedly after that, Biz went on to say that he, he loves the kid's game and, and the, the guys on the panel said they love the kid's game. So again, selective clipping by this Habs account, probably still crying that their team passed up on Mishkov. But like, what, what was your, your take when you saw that? Yeah, yeah, I would say listen to the whole, um, I know, and look at us promoting another podcast. So yeah, yeah, go listen to Chicklets. Look, it's Chicklets, right? I mean, they're I don't listen one. to it, but you, I, I'm, I'm Yeah, well, it's still, it's still a lot of people one. do. I mean, by it's the way, like, I don't listen to 32 America, Thoughts either. Right? Like, I, yeah, I don't but, you know, so, but I'm saying go over and listen to them talk about Mishkov. And you'll hear the entirety of the interview is po mostly positive. There was this little segment that was clipped that was referencing, you know, character concerns. Here's what I would say to that. Um, a, kid is 18 years old. So if 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 your character issues are, are about the way he competes or the way he's he is on the ice at 18, that's not a concern. You fix those things are fixable. Two, if he was such a problem... Why did he just sign it? Did they just sign him to a new contract? Like, like if they were so worried, the coaches hated him. Oh, he's so difficult to coach. Oh, the teammates don't like him. He's so rude to his teammates. Why did he get a three-year contract? Like, I mean, he it's not like he hadn't played before. Like, they know who the kid is, right? I mean, he's he is who he is, and he's an immense talent. Like I, you know, yeah. You, are, sometimes do you do you sacrifice one because the other is so so big? In other words, like you can even have a player who's not as talented as you would like them to be, but they're such great character people that you still give them enough, give them that opportunity. Okay, so maybe this is the opposite of that. But even still, he's eighteen. It's not like he's out, you know, uh, you know, doing things outside of hockey that are illegal or. You know, he's yeah, he's not Yuri Laterra, you know, like, you know, selling cocaine as part of a cocaine ring. You know, that that's that's a character issue that you worry about, you know. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get into some other character issue stuff here coming up. Uh, we're talking about the Team Canada thing. So, like, you know, those are things that are character issues that you worry yeah. about. At 18, you don't worry about the fact that the kid's immature. He's going to grow up and it's going to be different. I, you know, I, I think back to how I was when I was 18 or, you know, even more recently when you were 18, like what was, was it was like yesterday. What was, uh, what was, what were we like? I mean, we were idiots. I'm sure we were idiots. Right. Um, so therefore those things happen. I mean, look, it, I, I don't worry about, it. I wouldn't make it a big deal at all. Um, yeah. The, listen there. Uh, it was Alex Appleyard. Yeah. Uh, who contributes to the athletic was putting out a bunch of, of quotes and there were like translated quotes and everything of um, former players and coaches and everyone that, that has interacted with, with Mishkov uh, abroad playing. And while some of them noted the fact that like, um, you know, I guess he, he's fiery, he's a fiery player that they all spoke highly about the character. They spoke highly about the leadership qualities. Listen, the, the, and, and this is the other thing before we move on to the next thing. I want assholes on this team, right? Like I, I, I want, and I think fans should want somebody who's going to grab the, the collective group by the cojones and says, listen, we're not losing this game. 
Now, maybe not, maybe not as an 18 year old. Right. But like I I think this city identifies with people who are fiery. Right. The reason that like I'm going to be careful, I don't need to trigger some people here. But the reason that Claude Giroux, I think, was a little bit of a, of a lightning rod for controversy was that he was a very talented player, but you didn't you didn't see that fire all the time. And he certainly wasn't a vocal leader. So as a as a fan base, you see Phillies fans glom on to Bryce Harper because he's a fiery personality. You see him react. Um, and that's not to say that it, it has to be that way with everything. Jalen Hurts is a pretty notoriously introverted guy, pretty calm, cool, collected. But when he does show emotion on the field, people you know tend to kind of gravitate toward it. Um, if Mishkov is this guy who's supposed to be the future star of the team, which they very much are planning on him being, or they very much believe that he's going to be, I don't have a problem with somebody who's going to hold his teammates accountable and hold himself to a high standard. That that's what you need. You know, I, I think that ultimately is the sign of like potential championship DNA. So we'll see. And we obviously are going to see reports and there, there's going to be plenty of coverage. You know, we're going to have more people in this area trying to tune into KHL games than ever before. As everybody, you know, whether you're streaming it legally or illegally, people are going to be trying to watch everything that this kid does. And, you know, it, it, it's something to be excited about, but I mean, dude, Ovechkin, like, let's just, I'm not comparing him to Ovechkin, but like in terms of demeanor, Ovechkin also had a lot of question marks when he was coming into the league about being too fiery, about the passion, about maybe being a little bit dickish or something, you know? So I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. All right. Um, there, there is a, a thing that we have to get to. It kind of lit Flyers Twitter on fire. And it also lit Rangers Twitter on fire this week. There was a hot mic incident that, um, and I'll, I'll be careful in how we frame this. The, the way that player introductions are done, for those who are unaware, is uh, the the Flyers, in a lot of cases, if they don't bring the player to Voorhees in front of the media in person, they do a Zoom call. And on that Zoom call, you know, there's the way that they they work this thing. There's like a there's the the team lets everybody on. It's a webinar setup. They have to allow each person to speak. But whoever is actually setting up the webinar or whatever, um, they, they could theoretically be miked or not. And there was a question that came from Gianna Hahn uh, in the Garnet Hathaway interview um, or presser or whatever, where she asked about, you know, if I remember correctly, the, it was something along the lines of you've had a relatively successful career. What made you want to sign with the Flyers? And then you hear a voice, not Garnet Hathaway, not anyone else, uh, no other reporter, and they said, how many times is she going to ask this effing question? And she didn't say effing. I'm being careful because it's 6 a.m. If it was Bundy, he would have he would have dropped the bomb. He he would have. But they, you know, they they mentioned that, right? And, and they said, how many times is she going to ask the question? Now, this went viral for a few reasons. Uh, one, nobody knew who the, the voice was. We're not going to reveal who we think the voice was. Uh, it was not me. I had no. I had a few people say that it was me. It was not me yeah. um, because you and I were busy at the time. Um, and like when you when you heard it, 
what was your initial reaction? Well, let's put it this way. No one heard it in the actual press conference. Um, so just to, just to add a little bit more clarification that you know maybe gets lost in, in the whole thing is, so they're doing the stream, like you said, like a webinar through Zoom. So the PR staff um, who, who runs the meeting, they're in one location, right? And, you know, you have the PR people, you know, letting everybody in and then opening our mics when we have questions. And, you know, you'll you'll hear, you know, you'll hear Josephville, who's the head of PR. You'll hear him say, um, you know, Anthony Sanfilippo, you're on with Garnet Hathaway or whatever. Like, so if you're in the press conference, you have a question, we raise our hand. They act, you know, they link, they um, open our mic, tell us we're on. We ask the question. They shut our mic and turn us off. We have no control of that, right? I mean, we just all we do is raise our hand to to talk about it. Um, but in order for them to stream that out, that is coming through in a completely different location from the uh, folks involved with social media um, and and creative content, um, digi anything digital. Um, they're not even in the same location, and they are basically playing the feed through their own computer to then stream it out onto YouTube and onto Twitter, right? So what ends up happening there is that individual um, or you know, those individuals who are together watching it and, and streaming it out, they accidentally had their own mic, computer mic on, which is not streamed into the, into the Zoom. So, so the, you know, Garnet Hathaway doesn't hear it. None of the media that are on the call hear it. It, it was only heard because they accidentally left their mic on for the stream. And in the stream, that's why you hear the echo, right? I mean, that's why there's such an echo in the quest because it, the, the, the stream is coming through back through their own mic and going out a second time, you know, a quarter of a second later or half a second later. So whatever. So that's, that's why there's such an echo. So in reality, what ends up happening here is, is these are just two employees sitting in an office who do this for every one of their, uh, press conferences and stream it out and you know yeah I mean they make they made a comment it's unfortunate it was wrong and and the flyers rightly apologized about it so um I, I don't think it's a big big deal because I'm certain that they've probably said the same thing about me with a question sometimes or or another right reporter I mean you you hear us ask things and sometimes you have to kind of keep the conversation going or sometimes you have to kick off with a little bit more of a, um, you know, kind of an easy, easy win kind of question, especially if it's a player that, you know, you don't know. Uh, none of us have ever had to talk to Garnet Hathaway for any real reason. Right. Um, so like you, you want to kind of, you know, throw that softball first just to kind of make, you know, open the conversation and get it moving. Um, so am I surprised that they said what they said? I, I'm not. I'm not surprised that they that they said what they said um, because those things happen and and probably have happened dozens upon dozens upon dozens of times. My surprise was that they did. You know, th these are people who work with technology on a daily basis, and that they aren't you know readily aware of what's going on right around them and and can't tell that their own mics on. That's more the surprise to me. And then it gets out. And then of course, Russ. What oh. happens with Molly Walker, which is that that to me is far more of an interesting story than this, because this was not a 
I know a lot of people want to turn this into they're they're mocking the the young uh, young woman female reporter in hockey. Oh my god, she's terrible. Blah 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 blah. And that's what they that's what I think everybody wants to think that this is. And and I don't think it's that at all. I just think that it's you know uh, it was an unfortunate comment. But they're not, oh, yeah. they don't like the media at all. They don't like us at all, right? I mean, they, they, there's not anybody sitting there going. Oh, I really love the questions that Charlie O'Connor asks. Oh, wow. You know, Wayne Fish asks the best questions. You know, nobody's sitting there on the other side saying that stuff. They're all, they're, we're going to they're going to criticize us no matter what. So it really doesn't I miss matter. Russ Joy was on these things all the yeah, time. Only Russ Joy was asking the questions. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, but so, no, yeah, so, the, the, so the New York response what, is to me a, a far more uh, damning situation that that needed to be addressed and that's why i got so fired up on twitter and and, and yeah distracted. so so the and and i think the fallout from your tweeting continues like i'm pretty sure you're still tweeting on thread or in threads on twitter about this yesterday people but, um, i'm going to respond that's it but you know the the thing was there was a reporter from um the new york post who is the chapter chair for New York or for the Rangers or whatever, for the, the PHWA, for the Pro Hockey Writers Association. Which is fascinating to me because I think she's, she's the, the cup of coffee that she's had covering the New York Rangers is still warm. That's how short of a time she's been on the beat. But go ahead. And if you're qualified and you're good, you're qualified and you're good. No, no I'm not saying that she's not yeah. qualified to do the job. But well, I'm just saying the way, that, the way that you say that, you, know, you want to make, make sure that you're not discrediting. Anyway, yeah. so she, she put out a tweet that tagged the Flyers in it. Um, and, and her tweet read as follows, gotta love when the, uh, flyers PR department gets caught on a hot mic, ripping a reporter's perfectly valid question during a press conference, tweets it out and then deletes it. What a joke. The lack of respect is mind boggling. Be better. Now i read that and this is what I thought. All right. Let me, let me be honest. I went, all right. A Rangers reporters looking for some social media points, dunking on a division rivals PR staff. Because that's going to play really well to their base. And in fairness, if this kind of thing had happened and made its way to Twitter from the Rangers or for the Devils or for the Penguins, we certainly would have made a deal out of it. Maybe not me and you, but Flyers Twitter would have. I'm sure that Kyle Pagan at Crossing Broad probably would have written a whole thing about it. It would have been like almost like an LOL Mets sort of thing. We would have had a little chuckle and that would have been it. But the one thing that I would not have done, and I'm sure you would not have done. We would not have tagged the team's Twitter account. Um, you you had, I think, the biggest problem with it because of the distinction, because social media team and PR are not the same thing, and that the PR team, most importantly, is the team that you work with on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of relations with getting getting access to the players or or uh you know after games when they're asking who do you guys want to talk to we're dealing with pr if there's an uh, an you know a newsworthy thing and we want to try to get a quote from somebody you're dealing with pr um social media team isn't somebody that we interact with day in and day out if we were to reach out to another team because they're there's somebody that we wanted to get a quote from. If it's a former flyer or whatever, we wanted to talk to somebody, we would reach out to that other organization's PR team. And that's an important distinction because as you know, writers, reporters, personalities, whatever, that's the department we talk to. We don't 
talk to another team's social media team. There's no reason to. And the Flyers PR team has won the the Dillaball Award three times, I think, right? Four. Four times. And, and it's that's not Dillaball. That's, he's, the goal, he's the goalie coach. It's Dillman. What? Dillman, that's right. Okay. The <laughs> Dillman Award. Yeah. No, Ken Dillaball. He, they, they named Ken it after him. He would love, so, love you calling it his award, but. They're going to be like, you know, hey, you know, you did a nice job with the goalies and uh, in, a, in a market that has long been deprived of good goalie play, we're going to name this PR award after you. All right, the Dillman Award. The Flyers PR team has won that four times. They're widely regarded as one of, if not the best PR team in the NHL. And you used to work for the team. There are people in that department who you're still you know, close with and, and all that and have really strong relationships with. And so I think that triggered you and you felt the need to draw the distinction between a PR team and social media team. So go ahead and explain that. Really well, quick. and let and me add one more item for you, Russ, that, you know, um, is not known at all. And I, I don't want to get into real specifics, but I can say enough that that makes, you know, will make this make even more sense. So um, Molly, who put that tweet out, has been on a little bit of a crusade. Um, let's say, um, to try and change the way things are between the media and NHL PR staffs. Um, it is it is her um, uh, uh, assertion that there is not a good uh, working relationship between NHL PR staffs and, uh, and the media, um, and that they try to control too much of the message. They don't give us enough access, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so with that kind of in in the back of the mind that that's something that she's trying to make a thing and, and correct, I feel like this was an overreaction by her in the sense that it wasn't, she didn't do a job checking to be sure that it was a member of the PR staff before she put that tweet out because she's trying to be the the agent of change between the NHL media and PR staffs around the league. I think it was an opportunity for her to further that agenda, which is what I wrote in my tweet back. Of course, everybody thought that my tweet back to her was, was related to her being a female or her making the comment because Gianna Hahn is female. I support young women coming in to cover professional hockey. I think it's a good thing. I actually root for every one of them to succeed so that going forward, we have a more diverse collection of media reporting on the sport. I think it's a very good thing. So I'm not, I would never criticize from that perspective. My criticism is purely on the journalistic side. One, I don't see a, a problem with relationships to um, to the NHL uh, PR staffs. I, I do think sometimes teams do try to control the message a little bit, and we've let that happen in journalism, and that's our fault. That's not the team's fault. Of course, the teams would rather have that control, um, but that falls on journalists not doing their job well enough. Um, so I don't disagree from that perspective that there is a little bit more of a control, but if you want to make a request for a player or a coach or an interview – you more often than not are going to get it in the NHL because the NHL teams do recognize that their sport is number four 
and that any kind of good publicity is, is that you know any kind of publicity out there is pretty good. It's why the Flyers are making Garnet Hathaway available on July 11th, and the reason is, look, there's no sports going on. Baseball's in the All Star break. Tra- NFL training camps haven't started. There's nothing else really happening. We'll give you a player. We'll keep the conversation going about our teams, and and those things happen. So my concern more is that you're going to sit there and complain. And, and she did have a follow up tweet, Russ, that you did not read, where it was talking about how there's a um, there's a chasm that has formed between the, uh, the the NHL teams and the media. And she's, again, putting the blame on PR staffs that, that this is how this is created. And I'm going to sit there and say, if you're going to put out a tweet and you're a reporter and you haven't done the work to look in and check and see what you're saying is accurate, then who is making a bigger gap there? Is it the PR staff with, with, with the media making a bigger gap or is it the media not doing their jobs making a bigger gap with the teams? And I would argue that this is an example of the media not doing their job, us not doing our job. And it doesn't matter that it's Molly Walker. It could have been anybody that put that tweet out. It just happened to be that that's who it was, that we're not doing our jobs properly. And so therefore that creates more of a gap with the teams who now don't trust the media as much as they should. And, and so that, that was my complaint. It was like, look, if you're going to put that out, put that out. You can, you can put that tweet out. Just make sure that your information is right. And it's not semantical. It's not saying, well, you know, it doesn't matter if it's the PR staff or the, or the, or the social media team. Yes, it matters. Because I mean, to, the, you're, to the fans, to the fans and the people who heard it, it doesn't matter. Right. But they to, don't know because the fans don't the, really, they don't know. But to the people who are like doing the job, right. it does. And right. ultimately in reputation, that does matter. Yeah. So, um, hey, really quick. Listen, before you say really quick, yeah. all right, do this did. for me because yeah. I got to I got to start moving for my day. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not saying that I can, I need to hop off here, but mm-hmm. take me off camera for five minutes. Let me get in the car, and okay. then you can pull me back up once I'm in the car, so that I'm not t- taking a moving camera with me uh, while I'm walking from the house to the car. All right, I'll I'll go to questions, comments, and concerns while I do that. But before before you go, really quick. Yeah, there, there are two comments that you need to see, and then I'll, I'll go to questions, comments, okay. and concerns to, to bridge the gap. Trevston93 says, watching from Sydney, Australia, it's 8.30 p.m. I think people's concern with Mishkov is that he could get the Fedotov treatment. Is that all a po- at all a possibility? Um, we talked about that last episode, but you can, you can rehash that if you'd like. But yeah, I, I will. But, but the reason that I bring that one up is because of the Sydney, Australia. But then I come down here. Aaron says, g'day from Australia. Love it. I love that we got two people chiming in. Yeah, the Aussies here. And Louis Ziolis says 3.40 a.m. on the West Coast, and now I have to stay up. I mean, we're we're everywhere, man. Yeah, it's great. great. It's great. The sphere of influence with Snow the Gold. Yeah. By the way, to you, uh, to the Aussies out there, I did not see an order from shop.snowthegoalie.com going to Australia. But, you know, hit us up. Got international shipping. All right, uh, all right Ant, go ahead. Frolic away. Out. Pull me out you, as soon as you see me sitting in my car. All right, you go you go frolic away. Well, are you on your phone? I am. Oh, okay. So we don't even have to okay. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna boot you in the, and we'll pull me off the screen. We're gonna see my background you, over here. And as soon as you see me in the car, you can pull me back up. All right. All right. Or you can start waving at me. I don't know. Whatever you want to yeah. do. All right. So while Ant's doing that, um, let's let's get to a few things. Um, I'm gonna throw uh, I could, I'm not going to. Um I want to. I want to give you a little. I'm gonna give 
tiniest, the tiniest tease about Monday's interview. All right. So if, if you weren't here from the start, it's a really massive interview. It's one that we were excited about. But interestingly enough, and this, I don't know, maybe this is a clue. Maybe it is. The person that we interviewed is the biggest guest we've ever had on Snow the Goalie. And this person requested the interview, which is also interesting. And as I mentioned off the top, newsworthy things came out of this interview. So I'm going to throw that, throw that there. Remember, Monday, we'll do a live show. We'll have that interview, but it is fantastic. Um, all right. Now, now that we got the PR distinction thing out of the way, and Anthony feels like we've kind of righted, righted the wrongs and, and everything on that, we can get into a couple of other topics here. Um, but there are some questions, comments, and concerns over on YouTube. By the way, if you're watching live, you can, of course, drop those there. Um, Matt Stankowski notes that the, the thing about Mishkov, about the negativity, was uh, said by Ryan Whitney, renowned Flyers hater, take it with a grain of salt. Um, Trevor asks if there is a KHL league pass, you know, 610. I'm not sure. Um, I, I do want to say this really quickly, though, before we continue and and then some of some of this stuff you know the the media thing the thing that always drives me insane and continues to drive me insane is media for whatever reason does not like to be criticized and and so many people who are in media cannot take criticism and so you know there there were and i'm sure when and when i bring Ant back in here he'll have a, a thought on this but you know around that incident around that hot mic incident there was this question about, you know, um, Gianna Han is now, I believe, the lead Flyers writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer. When she was uh, originally hired with uh, Olivia, they were brought on, I believe, right around the time that Sam Carcitti took a buyout. They still had Mike Sielski and Marcus Hayes of the world who have gone down and done Flyers games in the past. They were kind of like out in the wings, presumably kind of yeah, as, as columnists or whatever, but like they could be there as sort of, sources of knowledge, wisdom, whatever you want to call it, experience, right? Um, but Carcitti was there, and he had been on the beat for a long time. Some people liked him, some people didn't, but he was there. And one thing I would say about Carcitti is, like, nice enough guy. Like, not very difficult to get along with or to, to talk to. So um, the problem that I had, I could care less who gets hired by any outlet. I don't really care what their experience is because, admittedly, you know, when I look at what happened in the initial hiring wave, I got brought on. I started covering the Flyers. I was a Spanish and German teacher. I didn't have any experience. Now, I did this under the wing of Anthony. So I had somebody there to kind of point me, I guess, in the right direction. Not like I was going to do anything stupid. I was a teacher, for God's sake. I wasn't going to say or do anything stupid and get myself fired. Um, on the Philly side of things. Bob Wankel was an English teacher. He got brought on and he ended up covering the Phillies and still covers the Phillies with no prior journalistic experience. So there's kind of been this, I think, almost misguided thing that, that's come out since this hot mic incident where you have a lot of people saying, like, you know, should Gianna Han have been hired into that role without this experience? Whatever. I genuinely don't care. I think if you, if you do a good job, then, then you do a good job. Do I think that, like... There have been questionable things done at the Inquirer and in terms of like, and, and you can go read if you so choose on Crossing Broad. Kevin Kincaid wrote a whole thing. And I, I think the more troubling thing is that when the Inquirer went through their hiring process, 
their they had like a certain target list that the person that they brought in to be one of the editors and to kind of assemble this team as more of like a, a diverse group, he kind of already had targets in mind. And so it wasn't exactly a flair, a fair or level playing field for, for candidates. And that included people of color. So you know, part of the, part of the intention, I think of what they were trying to do in hiring a diverse group of people um, didn't exactly come to fruition because this person already had um, targets in mind. Their other issue, as I bring in, in and out, um, part of the other issue that they have just flat out is that their editor uh, or at, and at least one of their editors does not even live in the Philadelphia market. And they have other writers who don't live in the Philadelphia market, which makes, I think, the entire thing so much harder. But uh, Ant's back. I can hear myself through his car. So if you have weird echoing things happening, I'm sorry. Ant's going to have to either turn it down or we're going to have to figure it out. But um, Zacho says, joining you boys for my drive to work. Could get used to this. Thank you guys for the show. Hugh Dell's uh, up in British Columbia. JToxic49, who's done uh, Super Chats in the past and checked in on that Twitter space a few weeks ago, said that uh, he'll fill in for Ant, which would be nice. Um, listen, as I mentioned before, I think the big thing is... Media, again, media does not like to be criticized. This includes the radio because uh, we did a big thing. I jumped on Crossing Broadcast last week. Or no, it was, it was earlier this week. I think it would have been Tuesday. And we were talking about what happened to Hunter Brody, who we support. Hunter Brody's been down at Flyers games for a few years. He was doing the afternoon show as part of the, the team on 97.5 The Fanatic. He got let go. That show is in shambles. Uh, I would not put the blame at the feet of Hunter Brody. Tyrone Johnson went on air, said it was his fault, which I agree with. He's the the ringleader of the show. He's the main voice. It's not a collective. It is what it is. Broads already, and I don't know if you saw this, Broads went about getting let go. I think the best way I've seen anybody in Philadelphia media or radio go about it. There was no pity party. There was no uh, feel bad for me tweets. There was no looking for social interaction. The guy got up the next day, went back to his YouTube account and just started pumping out content again. So that's that's good stuff. That's good stuff out of him. Um, there's one other things we one other thing that I think we should talk about here. And unless you had a, an opinion on on that. Um, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, thought, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that I agree with you. I'm trying to keep the mic muted so you don't hear yourself repeatedly. We don't, you know, like this is what that echo that you're hearing is exactly what the hot mic situation was with, uh, with the flyer. So I'm gonna try and keep my mic muted while you're talking. Nah, leave it on because then it'll end up getting messed up or something. Leave your mic on. It's fine. We'll, we'll all deal with it. We're, we're a family here. Um, there, there was, there was one other big thing that came out of. Um, this past week that I think we have to talk about. And it's something that you and I have talked extensively about for months. Bundy has weighed in on for months and it's the hockey Canada investigation. And yeah. uh, Rick Westhead, who's always at the forefront of this kind of reporting, the, the guy gets into really, I feel bad. Cause I mean, I'm sure that he enjoys diving into things and, and really doing journalism. But my God, he, he always finds himself doing these really just rough cases. The, the Kyle Beach case, now the Hockey Canada investigation. 
and he said, listen, uh, there are teams, there are agents, there are players bracing for the possibility of the Hockey Canada investigation report uh, dropping. Now, it's a Friday. Typically, bad news drops on a Friday. Will it drop today? I don't know. I think the, the belief that you and I have been kind of operating under is end of July, beginning of August. They want it. Uh, the NHL obviously would prefer that any kind of news like that drops far after the draft, after free agency, before camps begin. They, they're just hoping that it's going to, you know, hit the news waves. People are going to go, oh, no, and then they're going to forget about it, which uh, will not happen. But that's what the league would probably prefer to happen. Um, at this point, Ant, I, I don't know a good way to set this up. There, there are players. Well, why don't you? Do you have? Do you have Rick's tweet? Yeah, I'll I'll pull it up. That, that would that would be good. And, uh, and while you're looking for it, I can say this: Today's July the 14th. I would be stunned if it dropped today. And I say that because we're still close enough to when free agency happened that you got guys who are still signing RFA contracts. There's still a few free agents out there that could be signed here. Um, there's still some news around the league with teams, a couple of trades that still have to happen. Oh, by the way, yes, the D'Angelo trade is still going to happen. Um, there's just some stuff going on with Carolina as far as uh, housekeeping stuff on their end. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I don't think the league wants to break this news during a time when the, the, all the focus is on the excitement of next season with player signings still, I would say it's either going to be, and I think Fridays are what their target is. Um, I would say the 28th of this month um, or even potentially the first Friday of August. So um, will it break before like the, the media doesn't care. The media is not part of the NHL PR machine, right? So if Rick Westhead or any other reporter up in Canada um, really gets this story first and, and is able to put it out, they will. But if the NHL has their druthers, they won't announce their uh, findings officially probably until a Friday. And I would say either the 28th of this month or, like I said, the first Friday of August. That's my opinion based off of 23 years covering this league, that that's the way it's going to go. So here's Rick, Head, uh, Rick Westhead's uh, tweet about it. He said, um, oh, shoot, where'd it go? I just had it. There it goes. Um, oh, this is, so there's there's another thing that, that came out, I guess, yesterday. Um, yeah. All right, now, I, I, I had it here. It's gone now. It doesn't matter. Um, but, but again, he said that, that they're all bracing for, they're all bracing for, the possibility of it of it getting released again there there's a lot of stuff uh that is going to be problematic with this and and there was a question in the comments about you know uh here it is sorry several team execs sponsors and player agents tell me they are bracing for the nhl's uh possible release of an investigation report regarding an alleged sexual assault involving as many as eight players on canada's 2018 world juniors team if the NHL names and suspends players allegedly involved, affected players would likely appeal any sanctions to an arbiter or to an arbitrator, as per the CBA, and may pursue defamation lawsuits versus the league, 
said agent of one player who attended the 2018 Hockey Canada Gala. While investigating, uh, while an investigating officer in October wrote in court documents he believes there are grounds to charge at least five players, police in London continue to decline comment other than to say an investigation is ongoing. All right, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Now, the one thing, and Ant, when this report drops and we read it and we see the uh, who is named in it, we're going to have a, a strong opinion, but I don't think it's going to fundamentally change. The players who are involved in this, and we want to be very careful because putting this on YouTube, we don't want our channel to get shut down. We also don't want to trigger anybody who's been affected by an incident such as this, right? We have to be very careful. The details have been horrific. You can find them online. Uh, I believe back in December, there there was an initial report. It was the, the Globe and Globe and Mail. Globe, Globe, the Toronto Globe and Mail. That was it, the Globe and Mail. Um, I yeah. tweeted it. I think I might've tweeted it from the Snow the Goalie account. I'll make sure that we link to it at some point. Um, the, the details that came out are horrific, okay? A, a player allegedly takes the victim back to a room. They claim there was a consensual encounter. Allegedly, the player then texts their teammates offering things that he cannot offer, that the victim allegedly may or may not have offered. Those players allegedly come to the room. Things happen. Player one leaves, goes to get food, comes back, sits and eats the food while other things are allegedly happening. I'll just say this, Anne. Whoever player one is, there are some sociopathic uh, tendencies there. There are some very troubling things with player one. Um, the other players, obviously, as well. If these things are proven to be true, right, and we have no reason to, to speculate either way if they are or they're not, if these things are true, those players should not play in the NHL. If there are criminal charges that can be brought, and it's proven that these things happen, then criminal charges should be brought. But one thing that you and I have agreed on, and I would love you to speak on, is how long has the NHL known which players may or may not have been involved? How long has the NHL, and even the NHLPA, been aware of the potential involvement of some of these players? And how has the NHL allowed for some of these players alleged you know, these alleged people to have collected a paycheck in the nhl knowing that this investigation was still out there yeah it's it's a real slippery slope to, to go down Russ. but i i think that those questions are going to come up um if i had to say i mean look they've been investigating this for going on two years, right? I mean, this is this yeah. is a this is a while that this has been out there, um, and uh, I do think that that the teams um, or the leagues, the, the Canada Hockey Canada, the league, and and eventually the Canadian government, who is funding their own investigation, um, I think that they've had an idea of who the players involved were from pretty early on in the investigation. Now, obviously, you're not just going to say, okay, 
you know, there's there's only so many players it could be, right? Because there's the team was the team, and then you sit there and go, okay, front. So now we have to narrow it down to the right players, and and you probably get those players pretty pretty quick, pretty early on in the investigation. I got to imagine that you going through, you know, phone records and text messages and you know any kind of video footage that might be outside the the hotel where they were staying or whatever. Um, so like, I'm, I'm sure that that kind of stuff is gathered pretty early. It's then a matter of then doing the interview process and talking to everybody and making sure that the stories all line up and where is their truth? Where is their fiction? You know, what's what? And that all has to come after the fact. And, and I do believe that, you know, these investigations can in fact take this long. Um, but they, they should have had an idea of who the players were that were involved in this alleged incident um, pretty quick, pretty early on. And so the, so when you ask that question, you know, how, how will they allow these players to continue to play while knowing about this for as long as they have? The, the response you're going to get is, is that they weren't certain that what was, what they were hearing or what they were first initially told was in fact uh, accurate or true. And that's why they couldn't do anything. But I do think that they are, they reason, I think the reason the NHL wants to get this out before Hockey Canada, before the Canadian government is because they want to, they want the public to feel like, Oh, look, we were out front on this. Yeah. And in fact, I think that that, that's a, I think everything here is a is being done with a a PR thought in mind. They're going to release they're going to release it at a time of year when there's nothing going on in hockey and hockey is not on the front of everybody's minds. And if they get it out first, they can then use the fact that they got it out first as their excuse as to say, well, look, we were the first pe- first uh, investigation to you know announce our results publicly. We've been transparent. We're going to respond in kind with, to these players now after our investigation is over. The NHL did everything right and by the book, and that's how they're going to sell it. Um, but the reality is, is your question is fair, and I think people are going to ask it, is if you've known for this long, why did you wait this long to act? And, and that's that's because the sports, you know, sports leagues sometimes get stuck in their, their kind of old way of this is how we've always done it. And in yep. 2023, that's not acceptable anymore. And so I think the NHL is going to get some pushback from fans if, in fact, if in fact players that are playing in the league um, are uh, uh, attached to this. I think that they're going to they're going to get some pushback from the fans for letting it go on as long as it did because they had to have known the names right from close to the beginning of the investigation. I mean, there there is of course part of this where you sit back and you go, all right, what we what we can be confident in is if they're going to to go with innocent until proven guilty, then their thought, you know, like that, that's probably where, where the league landed is they're not going to suspend players proactively, potentially derail their career. And I say all this once again, recognizing that the hockey part of this doesn't matter, right? There, there is a person who is alleging some heinous crimes that there is a victim in this. The per, that person getting some form of justice is the most important thing. 
the hockey implications to this largely do not matter. None of it matters. But from the league's perspective, they they weren't going to ban these players. I mean, they could have. They certainly could have, right? Because what was his name? Mitchell Miller, right? You know, yeah. had allegedly done some horrible things to a, a teammate, or it was a you know somebody with a, a, a mental handicap. Uh, obviously, well before ever playing in the NHL or being part of an NHL team or organization, and he was blackballed from the league. The Bruins went to to get him, and then there was all kinds of pushback, and he they they reneged on that contract. So there is a precedent for things happening before a player ever makes it to the NHL or is affiliated with an NHL team um, being barred from the league. That has happened. I mean, in the case of Mitchell Miller, he was going to have to get um, – he was going to have to apply for reinstatement um, or for eligibility or whatever. This whole thing is a mess. It's a disaster, and it's totally unacceptable. It's a failure by the criminal justice system in Canada to not have already come to the bottom of this. It's a failure on the part of the NHL to have not already figured this thing out, suspended players. Um, what we really have to see is what they're going to do. If any of these players, again, if these players did what is alleged and there was no consent here from this victim, then there should be criminal charges. At the very least, the NHL should suspend and or bar these players. Now, we can get into a big debate and it remains to be seen who will be involved and all that. But if you have not read the, the the details that came out back in December, I would encourage you, if you can handle it, if it doesn't trigger you, again, we don't want to trigger anybody who, who's had things that, that have happened that would upset them. But, like, the details are horrific that have come out from the court filing. And um, these people don't have a place in this league. They just don't. And we, you know, there, there are people asking us, and there are always people tweeting at us whenever this comes up, do we know if Carter Hart's involved? Well, we know that Carter Hart was on that team. That's about it. We don't know if he was there. We have no idea. Um, I will say that Carter Hart played golf the next day. There was that golf tournament the next day. There are very few images, and believe me, I looked. There are very few images available on the Internet of players from that Hockey Canada team from that world junior team playing at that event. It's almost as if somebody went back and scrubbed all the pictures. Uh, I'm not saying that that's what happened, but like they're not readily available unless I looked in all the wrong places. But like, that's the only thing that we know. We know that he played golf the next day. He was there as part of the team. Do we know if he was at that hotel? No. Do we know if he's involved? No, of course we don't. So I don't know. We can't tell people, nor should we be the ones. But like, unless we actually knew, unless you and I looked at the report and we saw the names, remember the names were redacted on the court filing. Unless you and I laid eyes on it and confirmed it with like the, the London police and confirmed, we would have to go through so many levels of this that like we have not, we don't have access to it. We don't know. Ultimately, I will stand very resolute in this. If he's involved, then he should be barred from the league. Any of these players, if there was wrongdoing, if it's proven by law or whatever that these things happened as they're alleged, none of these players belong in the league. They should be jettisoned. I don't care if they continue their career in Europe, in Russia, in, uh, I don't know, a beer league in uh, Nicaragua. Like, I don't care. They don't belong in this league. But we have to see. We still don't know. Now, the other thing, and some people have, uh, have brought this up on Twitter. And Joe K brought it up here on YouTube. 
Look at the the Matt. What the heck's his name? Areza, the the punter. Wasn't a punt god? Is yeah. the one as reason not to suspend? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Based on, yeah, yeah. On uh, on accusations. Again, we think that's probably why, to some extent, the league didn't proactively suspend these players because it was pending a criminal investigation. It was pending the investigation by the, the uh, London police. I, I don't know, Ant. Like, am I crazy? No, you're not. You're not crazy, and and you're right, Russ. And, I, and I'll tell you, just in the over the course of the last year, um, just in conversations with people from you know in, in the league in the league, not saying from the league offices, but in you know people involved with teams in the NHL, um, that the conversation has grown to the point where the initial thought of what the, how the league would respond as far as maybe suspensions and the like from where we were a year ago to where we are now, like that has grown. Like there is, I believe the expectation is now that whoever is tied to this will be put into that uh, same situation that Mitchell Miller was put into in the sense that your suspension is going to be indefinite and that you'll, so you'll have to apply for reinstatement. Um, whereas I could tell you about a year ago, the initial conversation was, well, if you were involved in this, maybe you'll get 15, 20 games, right? I mean, so it's, it's, it's really kind of changed. And I think that's because the league has probably recognized that not only is it, is, is it the severity of this thing beyond what maybe that they've, you know, how they've handled these things in the past, but that. The, the the way that you know Rick Westhead's done such a great job reporting and, and everything else and and the and the public reaction uh, is a lot like yours. It's pretty it's pretty visceral um, in, in the sense be. that they, as it, right and and I you know I think that they're finding that their fans are far more angry about stuff like this now than maybe they would have been you know uh, in the past and so therefore they're they've kind of taken a different approach to how they would how they're going to handle it if the reports come out that any any player uh whether they're in the nhl or the ahl keep in mind a number of these players are in the ahl as well um uh, currently how in the ahl even though it's a separate league does work in very very close tandem with the nhl like how they will respond and i think that they will respond in a more swift and appropriate manner than they maybe would have in the past. Yeah. I mean, we saw this also with Joel Quenville, right? I mean, Quenville was suspended yeah. indefinitely, right? Yeah. And he, he would have to apply for reinstatement at this point to get back into the NHL. Um, and that was, again, that was also a, a request head story. As you mentioned, the um, Kyle Beach uh, scenario with Chicago 13 years ago uh, that just came out, what, was that a year ago, a, year, a little over a year ago that that story came yeah. out? Um, so, but yeah, I mean, you saw how the league responded there. Um, and so I, I think that this is going to be exactly the same thing. I, I think that they've, they've realized that, yeah, this is bad. And if in fact, any players are, are, uh, involved in this alleged incident, then they're going to face the same justice that, um, that Joel Quenville had to deal with. Yeah. So 
again, we don't know. I want to be very, very clear here. We do not know which players were involved. We have no idea. We have not seen that report. We are not wildly or uh, wildly or recklessly speculating that anyone was involved. The question has come up because there is a player who plays for the Flyers who has been, who was on that team and who was at this event the next day, was in town, we'll say. But we can't speculate on it. It would be irresponsible of us too. But just in general terms, these guys shouldn't play. Eric Wisniewski on YouTube says they should get 10 years minimum. I don't know if he means a suspension or jail time. I have no idea. Um, let's see. Sleepy, Sleepy Parks says Deshaun Watson. This is very different. I'm not going to uh, try to draw a line of uh, a distinction at, or a severity. His stuff, and there were many complaints, right? There were, what, 20, 22 women, 25 women who all uh, came out. Um, the details that came out about those incidents were also quite different from this one. Again, I don't want to dive into the details on this one. People can, can go look, uh, can go look it up. But it's a, I would argue, it's a, it's a very different situation. Although it's all of it's wrong, uh, it's, it's all different. Um, Allison, yeah, there are all these, uh, all these situations. Well, I'm gonna just say one thing, Ross. All these situations, and you name a dozen players who've had. Uh oh, Anthony froze because he's on a, a country road. I'll drop him out and I'll bring him back. Allison said, "Who cares about PR? It's gone on long enough. Why is a sports move uh, more important than what that woman went through?" And is going through. I love the sport, but my God, it makes me sick. True. Uh, FedEx Pope 223. Is there not video of this crime that the police in London, Ontario have had access to for some time? I understand there's nuance, but why on earth are they still investigating after five years? Um, yeah, I mean, th this is all this is all valid. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I was, I'm sorry, I cut out there for a second. It's as driving, I guess it's all based on the signal because I'm 5G the entire time here. Uh, uh, but uh, what I was saying, <laughs> what I was saying was, um, uh, you, know, you know, the NFL, you have players, I think, even though they've faced suspensions, have been given a second chance in that league. Um, and some people in the public don't think that's a good thing. Some people say. Oh, there he goes. He dropped out. See, Ant San Philly. That's actually funny because Trevor just uh, said, get Anthony San Filippo, the 5G network. He'll be back. Ants out driving. He's driving down. He's gonna be. He's doing some teaching today. Oh, there he is. He's coming back. I say I'm getting frustrated because it shouldn't. Have, it shouldn't happen. I have five oh, bars for me cutting out. Oh, um, but uh, I think this. Is, yes, I think this is more akin to what baseball <laughs> has done. Twenty three says Gary, as in Gary Bettman, doesn't want Ant to speak while. <laughs> yeah. Intercepting. Um, the, I would uh, say it's there you go. Yeah, but no, it's more. I think it's more like what baseball's doing with, with Trevor Bauer. Um, you know, I mean, that situation, he, he was just said, he wasn't, you know, he got, his suspension was uh, ended, and they basically just said, all right, well, you're still not playing. And basically, they all, they, all the owners just decided we're not going to sign you and go play over in, you know, wherever he's at, Japan, Korea, I forget where he's at. Um, and, and that's it. And... Yeah. So I think that that's kind of how this – I think this relates closest, closest to that. Um, but, again, it is different and unique and, and, and not the same. But I think that's probably the closest comparison. 
the On a Forklift Wrestling podcast checks and says, if everything is true, it, they should be banned from the league on top of criminal charges. It's a disgrace to the NHL for these players to be allowed to play. I don't think – here's one thing, Ed. Here's the one thing I think that everyone's going to agree on. After five years since the uh, alleged incident occurred, after yeah. five years, multiple investigations and everything, whenever the hell all these reports come out, I don't think you're going to get a bunch of people saying this was a conspiracy, right? If these things are proven, it's going to be really hard to say that they rushed to judgment because this took way too long. Um, but I, I think that universally people are going to say these guys don't belong in the league, again, if these things are proven. So I want to be careful that we don't like keep taking this thing in a circle. Again, we don't know when the report's going to come out. As Ant said, it would make sense from the league perspective, from that PR perspective, that they would drop it the last week of July on a Friday, perhaps the, the first Friday of August, do a Friday news dump, hope that nobody really cares or notices. But, like, there are some players that, you know, were on that team that – just you sit back and you go if any of them are named it is going to be a big deal now if this is you know if this report comes out and it says there was no wrongdoing and that's it then it will it'll it'll probably die off pretty fast if anybody's criminally charged that's obviously going to play a role we'll see we have no idea um but we'll we'll keep people posted and all that um there was there was one other thing. Hold on. Uh, I want to I want to see if I can find where this this quote was uh, or this comment. So FedEx Pope asked, is there not video of the crime that the police in London, Ontario have had access to for some time? I understand there's nuance, but why in the earth are they still saying investigating? I think we, I actually did read that one. Um, you did. The thing I, I think we brought this up, like video of the lobby, video of the hallway and everything that would kind of lend credence to at least some of this. They might. I mean, they, they very well might have the, the evidence or whatever, and they just haven't. I don't know. The whole thing's weird, Ant. It's very strange. It feels gross. Uh, and again, the most important thing is that this person gets some form of justice. And the hockey implications are kind of largely irrelevant. Um, but we will. Yeah, I mean, and, and from a, we do yeah, have to the path, we do have to we do have to touch on the hockey implications if and when something comes out. Yeah. The, and the gross part to me, Russ, is that, you know, it's only taking this long because it involves potentially involves professional athletes. Yes. And there's a lot of money tied into this and a lot of lawyering and a lot of, you know, back and forth that, that makes it drag on. Whereas if this was you or me involved in this, this would have been far, far swifter of an operation. And, and that's what that to me is, is what makes it even worse because it's like, you know, th this poor alleged victim has to endure this even longer because of the notoriety and only because of the notoriety of the people involved. That's, that's, that's what bothers me. So I agree. Anyway, uh, well, if you want to move on to the next topic. Well, I don't know what, did we have another topic that we wanted to touch well, on? Well, I think we should just, just really, I just wanted to just mention, I mean, uh, for the flyer, from the Flyers' point of view, um, we have, uh, they had three restricted free agents who signed uh, okay. two-year contracts um, since we've last talked. Uh, Noah Cates, um, Cam York, and Ollie Lixell. Um, uh, I think it was, you know, they were all two-year deals. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Lixell's was two years as well. Um, and I, I did get a bunch of people that asked me, 
you know, what I thought of the contracts. You know, some people were wondering why the bridge deals were only two years. Usually a bridge deal is usually three. Um, and I just wanted to just say that it makes a lot of sense from a player side. Uh, I think that this is a, a positive for the players um, because the, the, you know, everyone knows the situation with the NHL salary cap at the moment, um, that it's going to really vault up in numbers. It's going to go up uh, for 24-25, but really 25-26 is when you're going to see the biggest, biggest jump um, yeah. with, the, with, with the salary cap. And it was smart for the, these player, eight players and their agents to keep the bridge deal to two years. So that mm-hmm. way, once that big jump in the cap goes, then they will be up for another contract and they will be able to make even more money. Um, so I think ultimately that's why all of these players were two-year deals. It's not that the Flyers don't think highly of these prospects and that they can be here beyond two years. I think it's just a matter of the agents and the players feeling more comfortable doing it this way as opposed to taking that extra year at a lower number when they know that the space will be there for them to get paid even more in three seasons. So um, I think all three were, were important, two of them more so than the other. I mean, Lixall, I, I don't think is a, um, you know, anything more than a bottom six forward. Um, but I think York and, and uh, obviously Kate's are viewed as long-term um, parts of what this Flyers rebuild is going to be. Um, so it was important to get these guys under contract and have them continue to develop for the next two years. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Three, three nice yeah. short, short-term decent deals. And you get to evaluate now for the next two years if these guys are building blocks. Well, yeah. for and, 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 that's the, and that's the benefit for the Flyers. I mean, you know, I, like I said, I gave a, a lot of credit to the players and their agents because they know they're going to get paid sooner um, if they take a two-year deal as opposed to a three-year deal. But the benefit for the Flyers is, hey, it's low risk for us mm-hmm. because now if one of these guys actually doesn't look like they're going to turn out to be what we think they're going to be, well, then we can move on from that player. Um, whereas, you know, if you locked in an extra year, that could impact your salary cap, you know, for three years, in three years, and you're stuck with a player that maybe you no longer – think of in the same way. So for the Flyers, it, it allows them a good evaluation period without being locked into a contract that they might not be as happy with if it doesn't pan out. You know, I have to say, Ant, really quickly before we uh, prepare to, to head out, which we're about to soon, um, we have some yeah. awesome people who have been with us since 6.15 a.m. It's now 7.30. You're in the car. You moved. Um, Robert Walnut said, is Ant riding his, in his Bugatti? Jen says, Ant brings drive time radio to an all new meaning. Um, listen, big thank you to everybody who, uh, who, who listened. I do have to note very quick, Ant. We, we said a, a week or two ago yeah. that there were two reviews on Apple Podcasts that were that said five stars in them or said it's the best show, but like left three and four stars. Must have been a mistake. Change them. So somebody did. Drew Tilly, we're still waiting on you to change. You say five stars, but it says four in there, so we can't read it. Yama's best friend, though, the Grancer. Five stars. Hi, guys. Appreciate the podcast. Easily my go-to for Flyers conversations and updates. I just want to put this out there and get it rolling. But with the Ontario Reign, uh, Helgi Gran wore number three. If he brings that to Lehigh Valley and to Philly, this is my petition to name him the Grand Sir. That's pretty, that's pretty good. 
Pretty good, like the answer. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. That's a that's a nice sport. That's a sport a sport crossover. A lot of it sport cro- a lot of basketball crossover. hockey crossovers. I see what you did there. You didn't even mean to do that. Uh, and then yeah. this one was from uh this one was very mean recent. to do that. Thank you very much. Five stars. The good, the bad, and the hamburglar. That was the uh, the review. If you remember <laughs> last our last episode. You did the McDonald's um, thing last 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 week, yeah. Dude, we we uh, got somebody sent us a thing on Threads. Um, it was a, an image of the uh, the Ronald McDonald um, glass from like back in the day when they used to do like remember they they did like the little mason jar looking things. So we had somebody send that to you're us. You're gonna say you're gonna say do I, do I remember? Do I remember? I had the plates. There were these plastic wow. plates that they used to do with the entire like. Mcdonald land image on it. And it was just, it was like this artwork. I mean, whoever drew these things, happened? let's be honest. Well, I was little. Yeah, I was little. It was probably so, in the Just out of curiosity, 80s, when you were little, say. was the world in black and white or? No, it's not that old. The early 80s, there was color. It may have been bad, bad hair, bad clothes. But yes, I mean, it was bad music in some, in some places. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was, um, they were really well done. Like, thinking back and looking back, and I got to go look up, look them up online because I certainly no longer have uh, these plates around. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure they were collector's items, and they're probably worth something. And I, I can yell at my mother about it and say, "Why didn't you keep these?" But um, if you go back and, and just look at the artwork that was utilized at the, at the time, it was unbelievable. Like that, that was a that was a thing. That was what you got at the McDonald's at the time. It was yeah. crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So now you just get disappointment and maybe diabetes. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're not going to slander anyone here. Um, hey, a big thank you to everybody who checked in. Uh, we will be back. Remember, on Monday, we'll be back with our exclusive interview. Biggest interview we've ever done was produced by a company that was not me, Ant, and Bundy. It's going to be really exciting. We will create the event on YouTube and on Facebook ahead of time hey. so that you can be alerted oh, Susan, to it. What? Who's at the Man Music Center, by the way? You know who's performing at the Man Music Center? I just literally just drove past the Man Music Center. Yeah, and Kate, there might Kate must is be performing in two weeks. I'll I'll be there. No, no, tonight. I, oh no, I don't. I know. just who's, drove past who's, the Man who's Music at the Man tonight. I don't. What I'm saying is, is there was like there was like 14 tour buses parked out in front of the Man Music Center. Oh, I just drove past. So you're asking me? I, I was going to say because the band Cake, yeah. my favorite band, is playing I, at the Man. Do I love Cake? On the 23rd, and I'm going to be there. If any of our Snow the Goalie listeners are going to be at the Cake concert at the Man, hit me up. We'll shake hands. And bet, you didn't, bet you didn't know I like Cake, Russ. All your, all your thoughts. What's that? Bet you didn't think that I, when I, that I was going to say that I'm a fan of Cake. And I'm worried about how you look at people on the beach. I, I believe you like Cake. Um, all right. Well, that's going to fly over his head, but there are going to be people who are going to understand that in the comments. Cake um, by the ocean. Oh, I got it. Thank you. I uh, go. All right. <laughs> so it looks like, let me see. So if, if I'm correct here, it looks like tonight is Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds and Garbage. Oh, you know what it might be, though? It looks like the man is hosting the, the 104.5 Summerfest tomorrow. So that might be what all the, the okay. buses and everything are. Um, by the way, we told yeah, them that just we a lot. Just a lot. We told them that we were going to promote this, and of course we are. And we, we mentioned this off the top for the people who are watching on YouTube. Um, Ice Wars is this weekend. Bundy's going to be on color commentary. It's uh, Ice Wars Three Outlaw Enforcers. 
It's going to be, uh, you can go on to IWIFights.com. Uh, Bundy will be doing co uh, color. Todd Romero from Altitude's going to be doing play-by-play. -play. And uh, MMA fighter Ian uh, Heinish is going to be the third man on commentary. It's an eight-man heavyweight tournament. Um, you know, if you haven't seen Ice Wars before, the clips have gone viral. It, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a big event. Um, Scott Parker and Eric Goddard, former heavyweights in the NHL, are going to be on hand. Should be a really big night. Go support Bundy. You can find it. Like I said, IWIFights.com will take you to the page that you can purchase the event. But uh, go support Bundy. Live tweet at him. Tell him he's a beaut. Uh, all that. And as we mentioned before... Hey, it's a good what? price, too, for the event. A good price. Okay. Price for the event. It's not that... I yeah. said it's a good price for the event. For the event, it's not expensive. It is. It's, it's like it definitely nineteen ninety nine or whatever. It's it's yeah. not a bad price at all. Uh, remember, the Snow the Goalie store is now open. Shop.snowthegoalie.com. Do what many of your fellow listeners have done. We've been overwhelmed to this point by the support that we've gotten. But shop.snowthegoalie.com, where you can find stuff with our logo, the new crest, the Mishkov Mania, Bundy's face that says Butte. We have some other things in the pipeline. We have a lot of stuff that we're excited about. Again, some stuff we can tell you, some stuff we can't. Monday, we'll be back with a new episode of Snow the Goalie with the biggest interview we've ever done. I think that's probably a good place to end this weekend. Is there anything that you want to say to the people as they head into the weekend? They might be going down the shore. They might be going to work before the shore. They might be going to the man center. Things that you want to uh, say to the people out there. Hopefully, I'll see them at the ballpark. i got to be down there for... A double header tomorrow. How about that one? A double header, a scheduled double header against yeah, the Padres. I saw 16 so, games on uh, the MLB slate. I've had to write about it all week because there's been no sports to write about during the week. Writing about sports betting is hard. Hey, you, you don't know who all the pitchers are either. So, yeah. Now, yeah. yeah, hey, but at least you got ahead of the game, right? You, you, that you is true. 16 games ahead of time. Yeah. That helps. So, it that doesn't helps. hurt. Um, by, by the way, the one thing we should wrap up with here, Russ, is I'm just yeah. just curious, you know, uh, had you over for dinner the other night? That is true. With the fam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I wasn't expecting it to be as big as a, as a night as it ended up being. Um, it was a long you know, Maria, Maria, made, Maria made some food, um, which I think you enjoyed. And you actually even thought about bringing some home to Nancy and then said, nah, never mind. <laughs> That it was too late for Nancy at that point because you stayed so long. Was asleep. But yeah, but I gotta think, I gotta think that uh, you know the the big Italian meal was nice to be back in front of one of those. Uh, you know, my dad showed up, which was unexpected, and uh, you know Andrew, of course, was there. I didn't expect Maria's son Mark to be there, and his girlfriend Juliana showed up. So everybody was there, and, and there's Russ right in the middle of the whole big meal. So. Just want to get accosting, your accosting your son in front of your father about his poor takes on being an Italian and Italian pronunciations. You're, I, I gotta say, Papa San Filippo, great guy, great guy, fantastic. Very much enjoyed that. And, and, uh, and Andrew looks like Nacho Lee right now. Oh my god, he with did. that mustache. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to. I don't want to bring Andrew on the podcast, but maybe we'll get a picture of him and we'll throw it up on the screen at some point. But like, he looks like Nacho Libre. Right yeah. Now. I, told him, I told him he needs to uh, to look into a camera and say something like, uh, Sometimes when you're a man, you wear stretchy pants in your room. It is for fun. 
So we'll see. I don't think he's going to do it, but maybe he will. Uh, anyway, big, oh, FedEx, FedEx Pope 223 asked what was for dinner. It was chicken cutlets. They were delicious. Maria fried those. They were, yeah. they were, they were sliced thin. They were wonderfully, I mean, they were great. There were some green beans, yeah. some parm. There was some great. Yeah, green, green beans and parm. And what else did you guys, what else did you guys have that I wasn't allowed to have? There was like, there was the, there was like the shells, the noodles. I didn't eat oh, those. the pasta shells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah I didn't yeah, eat those right. because you know, I'm trying to watch my figure. Although I probably ate like six cutlets, so uh, you know I probably didn't help. But uh, that was great, and I, I can say Maria, very nice, very good cook, and uh, she's holding Aunt accountable, which I love. I think this is really funny. Aunt complained the whole time about having to eat healthier, uh, so I cracked up. I thought it was really funny. I love the dynamic. I think it's great. I'm glad that you have somebody who holds yeah. you accountable in this world that isn't me. So that's good. Yeah. But uh, every day, every uh, day, like you got, you got, you got to eat the good chicken cutlets. My chicken cutlets were breaded with pork rinds, which sounds delicious. Like I don't think anybody. They're would fine. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying they're. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying that it was. It doesn't taste like a chicken cutlet to me. It tastes like a pork a pork chop is what it tastes like to me. It's like whatever. It's fine. I mean, I'll eat it, but it's not. It doesn't have the same taste and flavor. Everybody's like, oh, you'll get used to this stuff. I've been doing this for a month, and I'm still not used to it. It's just it is what it is. I'm doing it because I have to, but not because I want to. Zilla092 says, all seriousness, love you guys, love the show. Thanks for great hockey talk. Uh, and I think we can probably say now, we started this stream at 6.15. We did not put it out to the people. We had people checking in from Australia, from the West Coast, from the East Coast, from the Midwest. We are everywhere, which is cool. It speaks to the fact that we've got this, I don't know, crazy, rabid group of people who like to watch the show, listen to the show. Our download numbers on podcast feed, I can definitively say now, have more than doubled since the end of the season, which is absurd because it's the off season. And I think the biggest things are yet to come for the show. And I'm very, very excited yep. about what this is going to look like. And we, we will have some news for people. I think that we're going to have some new ways that we're going to be able to connect with listeners or people who like to check out the YouTube, um, the YouTube channel as well. So um, we'll be rolling that stuff out here, I think, over the next week or two, uh, or at least releasing some info. Remember, Monday is the huge interview. I can promise you it'll be one that you'll want to watch. I can promise you that it's one that will make some, some news. And I can also promise you that if you know Flyers fans, uh, who don't watch the show or listen to the show now, you're going to want to tell them about this interview and, and share that link to them because it's big. It really is big. I'm not one for overhyping and under-delivering. This is big. This is big. So um, we're going to wish Bundy the best of luck at Ice Wars 3. We'll hope you do in color commentary. Go check it out. Um, so for Ant, on Twitter, at AntSanPhilly. I'm Russ, at Joy on Broad. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. We are on Stitcher, although it's about to go bye-bye. Um, but we are there. You can, you can ride or die with us on Stitcher for a bit until that, uh, until that one goes away. Uh, August then, 1st, I think, right? Yeah, something like that. But then you can yeah. also subscribe to the show, youtube.com slash at snowthegoalie. Remember, ring the bell. Hit subscribe, ring the bell. You can set up to get notifications whenever the show goes live. That's how all of our friends in Australia and our friends on the West Coast, our friends on the East Coast and the Midwest, 
uh, how they all got notified at 6.15 a.m. that we went live without ever making an announcement about it. Big thank you to all the people who came in. By the way, at, at some point we had over 100 people uh, on, I think it was around like 6.45 or 7, which is cool. Again, unannounced, we just had some fun, took some questions, comments, concerns. Uh, we didn't mention this because this was a, an unannounced early show. The Super Chats thing was there. Uh, we did not promote that today. I don't want to annoy people with that as we go forward. The Super Thanks thing is there. So we did receive a Super Thanks, I think, a week ago. That thing that, like, after you watch the show on YouTube, uh, you can, like, leave a, a thing there. I don't know. And we also got a notification about the Super Stickers, which somebody did last week as well. So, I don't know. Live your best life. If you want to help the show out, shop.snowthegoalie.com. Go find some cool merch. And then, uh, like we said earlier, send it to us. Like, send a, send a picture on Twitter. Tweet at us. Thread at us. Send it in a Facebook message. You can post it wherever and tag us in it. Um, but almost every order that has been put through has either shipped or arrived at their destination. We do have some people who have ordered in the last couple of days. Those will take probably a few days. And as Ant mentioned, it was less than a week from the time we opened the store till people got their stuff, which is pretty awesome. So um, a big thank you to everybody who's bought stuff from over on the shop. So again, for Ant, I'm Russ. Bunny's at Ice Wars. Go support him. Tweet at him. All that. And uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be back Monday with the biggest interview in the history of Snow the Goalie, a live show. Get excited. We're excited. You should be excited. We will talk to you all very soon. Thanks for listening, maybe even watching Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. We'll talk to you soon.